Chapter Two of Twelve Good Musicians from John Bull to Henry Purcell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelve Good Musicians from Henry Bull to Henry Purcell by Frederick Bridge. Chapter Two. William Bird, fifteen forty-two or three to sixteen twenty-three a great contemporary of john bull comes next for consideration william bird is certainly one of the most distinguished of the remarkable company of english composers living in the early years of the seventeenth century curiously enough he was not included amongst the contributors to the triumphs of oriana there may be a reason of which more anon anthony wood tells us he was bred up to music under thomas tallis and the eminent church musician was godfather to bird's son thomas bird was also tallis's executor in early life the subject of my lecture was organist of lincoln in which city he was married on the fourteenth of september fifteen sixty eight his eldest son was born at lincoln in fifteen sixty nine and a daughter in fifteen seventy one to two this proves he did not at once come to london on his appointment to the chapel royal this was in fifteen sixty nine when he succeeded robert parsons as gentleman of the chapel royal the said robert parsons having been drowned at newark in january of that year it seems probable that bird kept up some kind of connection with lincoln for some time after his appointment to the chapel royal for an entry in the chapter records of lincoln mentions the appointment of thomas butler as organist and master of the choristers on the nomination and commendation of mr william bird in london he shared with his old master tallis the post of organist of the royal chapel and he also enjoyed with him a privilege of a more profitable nature which was no less than a patent granted by queen elizabeth to print and sell music english or foreign and to rule print and sell music paper for twenty-one years and all other printers were forbidden to infringe this license under penalty of forty shillings a petition from some printers having reference to this license shows it was not altogether a popular privilege the complainants say bird and tallies her majesty's servants have music books with note which the complainants confess they would not print nor be furnished to print though there were no privilege i think this may be regarded as a little specimen of professional jealousy whether the privilege was a great financial benefit to the two old masters one cannot say but anyhow it was of great advantage in one way and that was the opportunity it gave of printing and publishing their own works and bird was not slow in taking advantage of it in fifteen seventy five appeared his first published work as a set of cantionas in four five and six parts some of the compositions were by tallis and some by bird and they are fine and dignified specimens of both composers one by tallis in particular is a beautiful example of his treatment of a chorale the parts flowing in charming melody and the whole work abounding in interesting and clever imitation 
i have been able to publish this fine example of early church music and it has been well received in choirs and places where they sing with the exception of if ye love me i do not know any anthem by tellus which compares with it in solemn and chaste expression it shows bird's old master one of the founders of our cathedral music at his very best on the death of tallis fifteen eighty five the patent was enjoyed by bird alone and he made very good use of it one of his first publications was entitled psalms sonnets and songs of sadness and piety made into music of five parts whereof some of them going abroad among divers in untrue copies are here truly corrected and the other being songs very rare and newly composed are here published for the recreation of all such as delight in music fifteen eighty eight at the back of the title page of this work are the following eight reasons briefly set down by the author to persuade every one to learn to sing one first it is a knowledge easily taught and quickly learned where there is a good master and an apt scholar two the exercise of singing is delightful to nature and good to preserve the health of man three it doth strengthen all parts of the breast and doth open the pipes four it is a singular good remedy for studying footnote that is stuttering originally stott from the german stotteren to stut is still used in cheshire dialect will braham's glossary of cheshire words and footnote and footnote and stammering in the speech five it is the best means to procure a perfect pronunciation and to make a good orator six it is the only way to know where nature hath bestowed the benefit of a good voice which gift is so rare as there is not one among a thousand that hath it and in many that excellent gift is lost because they want art to express nature seven there is not any music of instruments whatsoever comparable to that which is made of the voices of men where the voices are good and the same well sorted and ordered eight the better the voice is the meter it is to honor and serve god therewith and the voice of man is chiefly to be employed to that end to the above is added the following couplet since singing is so good a thing i wish all men would learn to sing in the same year appeared a work which was destined to wield tremendous influence upon english musical art this was a collection of madrigals called musica transalpina madrigals translated out of four five and six parts chosen out of divers excellent authors with the first and second parts of la virginella made by master bird upon two stanzas of ariosto's and brought to speak english with the rest the inclusion of his name in this connection gives bird the claim to be considered one of the first if not the first of english madrigal writers and the fact that he contributed to this work may have possibly been the cause of the absence of his name from the collection made by morley which of course was an imitation of the publication which had appeared some twelve years before this is merely a supposition but there must be some reason for the exclusion of such a distinguished composer and one already famous as a madrigal writer 
it is the more remarkable from the fact that morley spoke of bird with the greatest respect and even affection footnote it may have been because he was a roman catholic and his name would not have been welcome to elizabeth End footnote. two years later he wrote two settings of this sweet and merry month of may for watson's first set of italian madrigals englished among his other vocal composition are psalms songs and sonnets some solemn other joyful framed to the life of the words fit for voices or viols he also was a contributor to leighton's tears and lamentations of a sorrowful soul the work in which bull's beautiful motet appears one of his works he dedicated to the earl of northampton and the dedication infers that not only had bird reason to be grateful to that noble man but so also had the gentlemen of the chapel royal as he seems to have been the means of securing an increase in their salaries of course many of bird's works were not published and this is particularly the case with his compositions for the virginals many are in the fitzwilliam virginal book footnote now published edited by mr fuller maitland and mr barclay squire End footnote. and also in lady neville's book which is a collection of virginal lessons copied by a singing man of windsor named john baldwin before leaving bird's professional life it is interesting to note his connection with another musical worthy contemporary alfonso verabasco a joint publication of theirs will show this it was entitled medulla music sucked out of the sap of two of the most famous musicians that ever lived master william bird and master alfonso verabasco either of whom having made forty several ways without contention shewing most rare and intricate skill in two parts in one upon the plain song miserere this work was most probably the outcome of a friendly contention which they had each one judging his rival's work they both set plain song forty different ways in private life bird's religious feelings made his career rather an anxious one like many others on the chapel royal staff though outwardly protestant he was probably a roman catholic it was known that the bird family were papistical recusants as early as fifteen eighty one he is mentioned as living at one of the places frequented by recusants and is also set down as a friend and a better of those beyond the sea and is said to be living with mr lister over against st dunstan's or at the lord paget's house at drayton it is a noticeable thing that though his duties called him to the chapel royal he lived nearly the whole of his life out of london at one place stondon essex he had some sequestrated property granted to him for three lives but had a good deal of dispute with the previous owners which went so far as to necessitate the king's intervention in a lawsuit in connection with it one petiver submitted the said bird did give him vile and bitter words that when told he had no right to the property replied that if he could not wood it by right he would wood it by might bird lived a long life and died on july four sixteen twenty three the exact entry recording this fact in the chapel royal check-book runs sixteen twenty three william bird a father of music died the fourth of july and john croker 
a counter-tenor of westminster was admitted for a year of probation of his good behaviour and civil carriage mr barclay squire has discovered much of interest concerning bird notably his will in this he expresses a hope that he may live and die a true and perfect member of god's holy catholic church without which i believe there is no salvation for me my body to be honourably buried in that parish or place where it shall please god to take me out of this life which i humbly desire if it shall please god may be in the parish of stundon where my dwelling is and this to be buried near unto the place where my wife lieth buried of late years much attention has been devoted to bird's sacred music which includes some remarkably fine masses some of which have been reprinted and used in the roman catholic church but bird has never been forgotten in the cathedrals of england for his anthem bow thine ear has always found a place in the lists of the daily musical services there is also a fine specimen of his composition in the volume of cathedral music published by dr hayes it has english words and for a long time appeared in the abbey list as by hayes but it was identified as one of bird's latin motets and now is ascribed to the rightful owner an interesting specimen of his clavier compositions is to be found in the fitzwilliam volume being an arrangement of the air o mistress mine this is one of the few pieces of shakespearean music which was published in the poet's lifetime it is charmingly treated by bird the same air appeared in a work by morley an arrangement of various airs for a small band consisting of the treble viol flute citron pandora lute and bass viol it seems probable that this air was a popular tune and that shakespeare wrote words to it or possibly as he did in willow willow took the old words which were set to the melody and incorporated them in his play a contemporary opinion of bird can be gathered from peachham's estimate of him in the complete gentleman writing in sixteen twenty two he says in motets and musics of piety and devotion as well as for the honour of our nation as the merit of the man i prefer above all other our phoenix mr william bird whom in that kind i know not whether any may equal i am sure none excel even by the judgment of france and italy his cantion sacra and also his gradualia are mere angelical and divine and being himself naturally disposed to gravity and pity his vein is not so much for light madrigals and cansonets but his virginella and some others in his first set cannot be mended by the best italian of them all and morley speaks of him as my loving master never without reurrence to be named of musicians his name has always been associated with the canon non nobis domini but it would be very difficult to establish his claim to the authorship altogether the old musician has a remarkable list of varied compositions to his credit besides those already mentioned he wrote some excellent fancies and in nominees for strings making a real advance upon the somewhat stilted specimens of instrumental music then in vogue and helping to free fancies and in nominees i shall speak up in detail in a later lecture 
william bird had a long and honorable career and contributed in a remarkable degree to the development of the art of music in england in the seventeenth century there is much truth in peach ham's verdict that his music cannot be mended by the best italian of them all End of chapter two